This podcast is generously supported by the Jesus Bible NIV edition. With exclusive articles from Louis Giglio, John Piper, and Randy Alcorn, the Jesus Bible lifts Jesus up as the lead story of the Bible. It is available as a full study Bible, as well as available as individual Bible journals. Find out more at www.thejesusbible.com. Want to learn how to interpret and teach the entire Bible in a way that is Christ-centered and clear? Learn with us here on the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast. Welcome to the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast. Nate and John Aiken here as we continue looking at some of the more popular figures of the Old Testament and showing how they point to Christ. Thus far, we've looked at Noah and Joseph and and looked at the book of Genesis. Now we're going to make our way into Exodus and look at uh, the life of Moses. And so, John, uh, just start us off. I know, so really, if we're talking about the life of Moses and kind of the what, what he did, we're talking about a bunch of books, but mm-hmm. give us just kind of the early up until... Uh, probably the the work he did in the Exodus, uh, give an overview of the story, where we can find it in the text, and so forth. Okay, so yeah, clearly Moses is a towering figure yeah. in the Old Testament, and um, and so the people of God leave the Promised Land because of famine, and they end up in Egypt, and then over the course of, of some centuries, they end up uh, as slaves in Egypt. And uh, a king arises who doesn't know Joseph and the role that Joseph had played in the Egyptian empire. And, um, and then he's, he's commanding the, the slaughter of the, of the Hebrew babies, uh, trying to keep a control on the population uh, and those kinds of things. And so um, Moses' family puts him in a basket, which is interesting. It's, it's the same Hebrew word for ark. Um, and so he's he's floated down uh, in the Nile River, and then um, Pharaoh's daughter finds him, and he's um, and she's going to raise him as her own, but needs a um, basically a wet nurse, so to speak. And then so ends up Moses' mom ends up uh, nursing him and so forth until he's able to live in in Pharaoh's house, and um, and so he is he is rescued from certain death as a baby, and God's call is on his life and God is going to use him to rescue his people from slavery. Um, and so at, at some point when he grows up to be a man, uh, I think we talked about this last episode, but he, he sees, uh, an Egyptian who is harming a Hebrew and he, he kills the Egyptian. And then he is basically, uh, forced to uh, run, uh, into exile and goes into, uh, Midian and, and then finds uh, refuge and a wife and so forth. Uh, among the Midianites, and then uh, in chapter three uh, has the burning bush uh, encounter where the Lord commissions him to go back and be his um, his servant to bring his people out of slavery, and um, and so reluctantly, and with Aaron as his kind of spokesperson, he goes back, and then through plagues, uh, ten plagues on the Egyptian gods that, that ends with the death of the firstborn. Um, God's people are freed from slavery and then they, they go through the, uh, the desert. God parts the waters of the Red Sea. They cross on dry ground. The Egyptian army pursues them, is destroyed. And then 
you have the wilderness wanderings before they enter the promised land. Moses doesn't get to enter the promised land because of um, some unfaithfulness and disobedience uh, with a with water from the rock the second time. Uh, but that's that's he's the one who gives the law. Um, he's the one who fashions the serpent, the bronze serpent that's held up in the wilderness that saves people from being bitten by snakes. And uh, I mean, just again, a towering figure. But that's kind of a a real broad stroke overview. The uh, impact of social media is every time now I hear the the name Aaron, I can't help but think of the wrestling pastor's uh, tweet about Aaron and the throwing. Oh, I just threw their their gold in, and this this calf jumped <laughs> out, and then the Arn Anderson uh, video on the wrestling pastor. If you haven't seen that, check it out. Any um, again, we could cover a ton here, so I don't want to go too deep into this. But any textual issues, particularly in the early parts of Exodus, kind of leading up to the plagues and and so forth. What are some of the textual key things that need to be maybe talked about? Well, I do think I do think the connection I, I made earlier that the the basket that he's put in is called an ark, and so there's 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 a clear link that Moses is doing as Moses is the one writing these that that with the salvation that God performed in the Noah's Ark story in the flood is corresponded to by uh, what's happening with Moses and is pointing forward to what's going to happen at the Red Sea, and so you see this. Um, this idea again, we've talked about of water being a sign of God's judgment, but God rescuing his people through the judgment. And so you see that at the beginning of his life and then bookended at the end when he, when he's uh, ultimately brings the people out of slavery. And so I think that's a, that's a key one uh, early on. I do think also the slaughter of the, of the, of the babies and the hiding back of Moses, this does become a type that's used honestly in biblical literature and beyond biblical literature. And so it is, it is something that you're going to see in, do you see this correspondence between Moses and Jesus in that um, Herod performs the slaughter of the male children uh, and, uh, and Jesus is hidden and rescued. And, uh, and that happens with Moses as well. There's a story in the old Testament that this corresponds to that people may not be as familiar with. And it's the story of Joash. Yeah. And so you have this wicked queen, Athaliah, who's the result of a merger of the house of Ahab and the house of David, who wants to kill all the descendants of David. And which Her would mean Ken. Yes. Yeah. Which would mean wiping out the line of the Messiah. And uh, one boy, Joash, is hidden in the uh, from this wicked, yep. yeah, hidden in the temple for six years, comes out on the Sabbath year, but, but hidden from this wicked ruler. Uh, and so you see this. So that that is a that is a textual issue that you see in terms of biblical theology play out throughout the Bible, of uh, an anointed savior being hidden back from a tyrant, uh, and then coming and and present you know providing salvation to his people, uh, and so that that's an important uh, textual link that we see, and it's, it's also going to help us serve us as we talk about how Moses points to Jesus. This podcast is generously supported by the Jesus Bible NIV edition. Zonovan Bibles has partnered with the Passion Movement to bring you an accessible study Bible with features designed to help you meet Jesus throughout the scripture. With over 1,000 articles and essays written by contributors like Louis Giglio, John Piper, and Randy Alcorn, this study Bible is written so that you may know him more intimately, love him more passionately, and walk with him more faithfully. The full Jesus Bible has been changing lives since 2017. And now select books of the Jesus Bible are available as individual Bible journals. The handy size and ample space for taking notes make these Bible journals an ideal one for group study or personal devotions. 
Chronicle your own journey of faith as you discover Jesus as the lead story of the Bible in five Old Testament books and nine New Testament books. There was never a moment before him. There will never be a moment without him. There is no BC. Find out more at thejesusbible.com. So yeah, let's go there next. We, we've covered kind of some of the text, textual issues, but, but what is the Christ-centered connection? There's obviously parts of the New Testament that do highlight some connections, but what would you say are the kind of Christ, uh, Christocentric hermeneutic and interpretation here? Yeah, there's a lot. And so right. uh, just try to uh, just do a couple of, of them quickly. One, we talked about last the last podcast, that fourfold pattern of God raises up a Savior, the Jews reject him, the Gentiles accept him, and then he saves the Jews. And that's, that, that plays out in Moses' life and obviously points us forward to Jesus and to what Jesus is doing. You have also this connection of a Savior who's being hidden away from a tyrant and then comes out and brings um, salvation to the world. Um, and you have, uh, as well, later on in his, um, you, you know, e- even in the Exodus itself, I don't know if this has to do with Moses specifically, but the death of the firstborn as being the means by which, and, and obviously Moses is the one declaring this to the people, uh, the Passover, that the, you, you slaughter the, uh, the lamb, so that the the death angel passes over the house, and the and the firstborn is is spared, and you're going to have God's firstborn son uh, being sacrificed, so the death angel passes over us. Um, and so you see uh, a lot of these different kinds of connections uh, with Moses. And I and I say too I, that this is something that this type is in all of liter- literature. A lot of people have pointed out uh, people who analyze culture and pop culture, that there is a there is a great deal of correspondence between the Moses story and the story of Superman mm. um, and how he is uh, hidden away and and then goes off into a you know foreign land and, and then is used to save. Uh, there's a lot of people who point out those connections mm. as well. And so, um, yeah, so Moses is a is a type of the savior. And then we see in terms of his his own life. Um, and you see this play out in especially the early chapters of Matthew that um, and some of this is correspondence with Moses and some of this is just correspondence with with Israel in terms of um, you see, for example, in, in Matthew 2, uh, Jesus is being is being hidden away from a, a tyrant. And then in Matthew 3, he is being baptized in the water and that corresponds to the Red Sea. And then in Matthew 4, we see him wandering in the wilderness and the temptation of the evil one. And then in Matthew 5, he goes up on the mountain and gives the new law mm-hmm. to the people as the new Moses. And, uh, and so we see specific correspondence between Moses' life and Jesus' life uh, in the first several chapters of Matthew as we have this new Moses figure uh, who comes on the scene. What uh, So make uh, application then for, if you're preaching through this, again, we'd probably think you know, at least a sermon, a chapter, if you were preaching through this, but maybe a little bit taking bigger chunks in some parts of Exodus. But what would be kind of thinking through his life, some of the main applications you would make for your people? Why does it matter that this points to Christ and how would you apply this? Yeah, I th- I think um, there's a couple different ways, especially the early on chapters, I think, and, you know, not trying to get too political here, but I think I think this idea of war on children and war on um offspring and life that we see playing out in in culture and at culture of death and specifically things like abortion and and so forth um 
you see this throughout the Bible, Satan is raging against children. And, and the reason why he's raging against children is because the Genesis 3 promise that it's the offspring of the woman that's going to crush the head of the serpent. And so you have, you have this rage against children uh, throughout, whether it's Pharaoh, whether it's Herod, whether it's Athaliah, or, you know, as, as one preacher said, or it's Planned Parenthood, you know, that, and so I, I would, I would probably do a sermon, potentially application on the sanctity of life. And, and I would, and I would walk through more than just this, this means more, the sanctity of life means way more than just that we, we vote for pro-life candidates. It means that we are pro-life in terms of uh, we are the ones who adopt. We are the ones who foster care. We are the ones who provide for single mothers. We are the one ones who help uh, provide jobs for those who are rest, you know struggling with taking care of their children. We're uh, we're the ones who invest in children's ministry. We're the ones who invest in being coaches and tutors and all, all of these different things. Uh, and so so I would I would probably that would be a massive application uh, would be a part of it. Um, I think that especially we're talking about the early on chapters. Um, I do think that there again, Stephen's giving us. We're talking about how the New Testament interprets and applies this. That this idea of that fourfold pattern of God raised up a savior and the Jews reject him. How how is it? I would probably really focus in on what are ways that we reject the lordship of Christ, um, and what are ways that we throw throw off his his rule in our life. And um, and seek to avoid it, and um, and yeah. So I would probably, especially in those early chapters, dig in there. In chapter three, uh, this is a commission that he gives Moses, and Moses makes all kinds of excuses about the commission. And I mean that obviously very very much parallels our experience with the Lord, and and how we can come up with all kinds of excuses not to follow the commission He's given to us. Um, but we go out as just like Moses with his as his representatives with him with us to declare his salvation and his judgment on the gods of this age. And, um, and so that's what we're called to do. This podcast is generously sponsored by the Pillar Network. The Pillar Network is a community of SBC and international Baptist churches that are doctrinally aligned, missionally driven and committed to equipping, planting and revitalizing churches together. If you're a pastor of an established church and you're desiring to lead your congregation to plant churches, but you're not sure how to get started, Pillar could be a great resource for you. Reach out to them today at thepillarnetwork.com. Thepillarnetwork.com. There's obviously tons of Christ-centered connections when you think about the Passover and the Passover lamb. Uh, we could say that um, for another day. Um, any any kind of resources that stand out when it comes to Moses's life, uh, commentaries, anything like that? I and mean, here's a list of some uh, that our dad has in building a theological library. Any of those kind of stand out to you? Yeah, I think that um, I do think Tony Morita's Exalting Jesus in Exodus is super helpful. I think that Walt Kaiser's Exodus. I, I, I helped with a chapter on the Passover lamb. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> I, I think yeah, well, it, it's great. I think Riken's, um Exodus Saved for God's Glory is really good. Um, and so there's a number there's a number of good commentaries on on, on Exodus. Um, that I think you could walk through. I, I think another one, another uh, text that I would look at is uh, Peter Lightheart's A House for My Name. Mm -hmm. And so Lightheart basically talks about how, um, how God rescues his people from their enemies and in the process plunders and loots the enemies and then uses that plunder and uses that loot 
to build his sanctuary. And so this is, it, you know, when the, when you, if you know the story in the Passover, which obviously there's a lot of application there just in terms of, there's, there's evangelistic application in terms of giving your life to Jesus and, and, and the, the, him being the lamb that takes away the sin, the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. But there's also this, that they, their neighbors give them gold and everything as they're, as they're leaving, which is just incredible. And they end up using that to build the tabernacle. And we see this theme throughout. You're going to see it again um, in the, in the second Exodus, when they leave uh, Persia, you see this in um, Nehemiah, for example, uh, and Ezra and Nehemiah that, that the Persians give them money and they, that's what they use to build the second temple. And then uh, Ephesians chapter four says that in the gospel that, that, that Jesus is plundering Satan and then using that plunder and the plunder is gifted people that build up the church, which is so is, is building up the church is not a, a physical sanctuary. It's the, it's a spiritual sanctuary. It's the people of God that are being built up as he's plundering people from the enemy and using them to build up his, his kingdom and build up his church. And so, um, so, but that Peter Lightheart walks through a lot of that kind of theme in his book, a house for my name. Uh, and so I, I would commend that as well. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast. We've, we've covered now, uh, Noah and we've covered, um, Joseph and Moses. I think we'll make our way probably either to Joshua or to the judges. Um, maybe just take one or two judges. Cause we may just go come back and do the whole book at some point. Uh, but again, if you have an obscure person in the Old Testament you'd like us to look at and show how it points to Christ, please email us, Clear at gmail.com. And then check out the resources on the website as well, ChristCenterAndClear.com. And uh, thanks for listening to the Christ Center and Clear podcast. Thank you for listening to the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast. If you have questions or topics or texts you would like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at ChristCenteredAndClear at gmail.com and please visit us at ChristCenteredAndClear.com for more resources. 